Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Right, good afternoon to you. It's it's a bit, a bit cold uh, or starting to feel a bit <laughs> autumnal now. Yeah, about well, I suppose about time for it. Uh, mm. We are facing the first of October uh, with a lovely morning here. And I, I was reading your column at the weekend and you were talking about September not being able to make up its mind about what it needs <laughs> to do. And you're dead right, because this morning it was lovely and bright and sunny and blue sky. Now, not all blue sky. But you knew it had the capacity to lash rain in a second. And sure, right enough, about 12 o'clock today, we had not just rain, we had a hail shower. So, um, yeah, very different kind of weather. I have um, a berry bed here now, a berry bed. You know, we planted um, tay berries and strawberries and raspberries and um, gooseberries there earlier in the year. But I made the mistake of putting in some nasturtiums in with them. And sure, the nasturtiums grew like mad and grew beautifully. And the colour of them from kind of burnt orange to pale yellow. I hadn't the heart to pull them out. But this morning, or not this morning, yesterday afternoon, I said, right, end of you lot. Um, we're going back to the berry bed. And I yanked the whole lot of them out. But um, so that was a sign for me that certainly autumn was coming in. And, mm. you know, it's hard to believe the grass is still growing. Oh, Most God. of the livestock are still out. Um, the bit of rain now over the past few days might have encouraged some people to put stock indoors, especially when there's absolutely plenty of fodder in the sheds. There's nobody going to be looking for big prices or paying big prices for fodder this year. Um, so some livestock might be brought in rather than have them plough up the ground. But generally, ground conditions are very good and they're, the ground, the soil is warm. So that means the grass will keep growing. And, you, you know, there's no farmer in the country that could complain about grass this year. There's plenty of fodder, as I said, in the sheds. There's plenty of grass still in the fields. It's all about making the best use of it now as the days shorten. And remember, it's only 93 days to the new year. And, you know, you'll be looking ahead to the 1st of February. Oh, gosh. When will the grass stop growing? This is a totally self-interested question, because every time I'm dispatched to (laughs) to mow the lawn, I'm hoping this is the last (laughs) time. You're nearly there, Sean, now at this stage. Uh, Maybe one more, depending. If it's grass is, is wet then you've got a perfect excuse not to cut it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but certainly probably another 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 run at it, unless you've been keeping it really meticulously short up to now. But of course, there's now plenty of excuses. You don't have to cut a lawn anymore. You don't even have to have a lawn anymore. Just pull more pathway through it and let all the wildlife come in and, you know, plant a few you know, nice native Irish seeds and, and see what comes up. Um, so that that is much more, you know, the hardship of mowing lawns now has gone out of fashion. Yeah. Um, this idea of this manicured little patch, no, forget no about it. We're rewilding. Put a, put a path down the middle <laughs> and, uh, and and plant some white flower seeds or or something else, alliums, anything, daffodils. Actually, now is the time if you want to get you know your daffodils and your tulips and your snowdrops into the ground. Start thinking about it now. Yeah. Now that fire in the in the Glenisk uh, factory, I mean, apart from the people who just directly work there, it must have 
must have had a huge effect on, on the community, the larger community around as well. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and that family have been so steeped in dairy processing down there in, in Offaly for 35 years. I was down interviewing Vincent Cleary and looking around the place there a few years ago. And I think I remember he told me that he was one of 14 siblings and that his parents had set up the milk processing plant to keep them all busy. Hmm. So um, there's still, you know, a lot of the family involved in it and a lot of local people, 85 employed. And, you know, instead of just maybe processing milk and delivering it to the door, they, they really became very innovative and particularly with all the organic product that they produce. And they're the mainstay of organic processing in the country so you know the, the next generation have really added to the business and with their 85 employees and over 50 farmer suppliers you know they're really critical and a critical employer to that part of the country which has seen you know, of, you know job losses with the bugs and everything so i certainly wish them all well and i know they're getting a lot of local support and i know they're getting support from within the sector and um, so I hope they're up and running. As far as I understand, the processing plant for milk is still working. It's just the, the added value product is where the, the, the main damage has been. Right, okay, yeah. The, 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 we only uh, wish them well. They're a resilient lot. And, um, and for all their sakes, you know, it's not just uh, the Cleary family. It's, uh, it's everybody else around who's involved in the business. Yes, indeed. Now, uh, now the, the, uh, your line went a little ropey there. So just in case you can't hear us anymore, uh, we'll know what happened. But we'll, we'll plough on anyway. Uh, the, now, this Friday is, is uh, National Spud Day. That's right, yeah. And um, is there anything as nice as new potatoes with a dash of butter and some spring onion? Um, I don't care. Pasta or rice can't beat them as far as I'm concerned. So Friday, it's, it's you know, it's Borbia's way of celebrating the national potatoes or the, our national crop, really, the potato. And they have some gorgeous webs, uh, uh, recipes on their website for, for, for anyone to try out, like, like recipes such as creamy potato and roasted garlic soup with sourdough croutons and diced chorizo. And that sounds absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So look, check out the Borbia site, plenty of recipes to celebrate the, the, our national food. Yeah, and uh, I suppose another, uh, well, below this is a week, this is the Agriculture Mental Health Week. When does that happen? That's happening in a week's time, so just let people be know, know it. Because what the mental health, it's their second time running it, it's a mile for mental health. They're asking people to, to um, who are in the ag industry to take a walk um, on the 13th of October and to take a photograph when you're on your journey and post it on your social media with hashtag mile for mental health, mental, mental well-being. So they just, they want to highlight the importance of taking breaks, enjoying nature and clearing the mind. And there's a lot of talks and panel discussions and it'll all be streamed live and you can catch it all on the um, Ag Ag Mental Health uh, Week uh, Mm. website. Yeah, because I imagine isolation is is probably a huge factor there. Yeah, and especially, you know, with the whole COVID thing for the last two years, it's been rough on people. And, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, the only man, person they saw, woman or man or woman they saw was um, the post per- postman coming in or the, somebody making a food delivery from a local shop. So it's been a rough while. And mm. um, anyway, this is recognising the, the stress that people have been under and 
giving it away or you know it's a global thing as well it's not just in Ireland yeah so if you want to do that one mile walk or run and get it up on social media um, that's what it's all about right now this, uh, uh, explain what this is this pilot program is it the, the, the hope that they did eventually have some sort of map of all the soils in Ireland got it in one Sean yeah. you got it in one and um yeah, farmers are always encouraged to sample their soil. Like, if you're putting out fertilizer, now I don't know too much about fertilizer. I know Shag all about fertilizer, to be honest. But um, you, there's no point putting out a load of potash if you already have plenty of potash in the soil. You're only wasting money right. or nitrogen or whatever it is you're putting out. Um, now, one of the things that farmers do put out on, on the ground, and, and a lot of them would have been doing soil sampling to get it, is they put out lime because, you know, lime is really about helping put life back into the soil. Um, and, and farmers would be encouraged to do that all the time. So now instead what they've done is they've, they've set up a, a, a pilot program. And um, so it wants to develop a baseline for soil health across the country. And that includes the whole carbon, soil carbon rates. And, you know, it's going to be a baseline at farm level nationally. And it's going to look at soil health and how and looking at it from a climate change perspective. Um, they're putting in 10 million into the project. And um, people who want farmers who want to get involved, it's on a first come, first serve basis. Now, it opened for business on Monday. And the sampling will begin next month. And we, we here at home, we registered just this morning and it couldn't have been simpler to do. So if you're a farmer and you're driving the tractor or you're in the car or whatever, listen to this. You just log into the Department of Agriculture website and a few clicks and the job was done. Literally two minutes it took. Um, and you don't even have to worry about getting the sampler. Department will even organise the person to do all the sampling. And you just need to be there on the day uh, when, when this appointment is scheduled. Right. Um, they're going to take 16 samples per farm. And um, they can be taken on owned land, leased land, hidden land, high land, low land, you name it. And um, so it's, it's a really good programme. If it is oversubscribed, if there's too many people apply for it, um, the aim will be to have the maximum geographic spread and and to make sure that every type of farming is going to be included in the project. Right. So look at it's a it's a good idea. It's a good project. It's only it's on the roll this week. The sampling will start like literally next week. So get your applications in, and it's a simple, very very simple job to do. Could could that mean though in the future though that you'll have this national map and so it'll be there in black and white if somebody has bad land or a part of their farm isn't isn't up to I will sure half the farmers in the country think they've bad land. <laughs> 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 and the other half are too proud to admit it. Yes. Um, so uh you know bad land is uh there's land that works for you and there's land that you work for. Mm, and that right. really is the, the really good definition in my opinion. There's land where you could literally go out in your slippers on Christmas Day and they wouldn't leave a mark behind. They wouldn't get a bit of play on them. And there's more where you'd be wearing your waders. Yeah. So, you know, it, it literally all depends. Generally, on a year like this year, you know, it, it, land that can grow grass and carry livestock, that's good land. But then land, like where we are here in West Limerick, you couldn't really do much tillage. We would have next to no tillage this part of the country. You know, barley, oats, wheat. Mm. Whereas up around Kildare, Carlow, Wexford, Kilkenny, all that side of the country, big grain-growing country. So, you know, your definition of what is good land and what is bad land 
is really and truly, from my point of view, it's very much the land that works for you and the land that you have to work for. Yeah. Now, there's going to be a, an equine census. I have this vision in my head of horses filling out farms. <laughs> uh, but this is the first time we've done this. Yeah, I, I was surprised at this as well, because by God almighty, you know, we know the great grandmother of every cat in the country mm. and father for that matter. So I didn't realise that we didn't have a census of, of, of um, equines. So, yeah, it's, it's a good idea because, you know, it, you have information there with the disease outbreak, if you're dealing with public health concerns or if there's lost, straying or stolen, stolen um, horses, which has been a problem. So the census is due to take place at the end of November. And equine animals, now listen to this, they include horses, ponies, donkeys, mules, asses, and zebras. Oh, right. So I don't think, except maybe for the zoo, they'd all be found in the one place. Mm. And um, But this is to bring us in line with EU um, animal health law, which came into effect earlier this year. And, um, and you know, it's um, it, it, it basically is, if you have an animal in your farm for more than 30 days, an equine animal, they're residing there, then that's generally the place that they'd be considered to be residing. Um so the what all you have to do is the department has written out to everybody, um, making them aware of the coming upcoming census. Now I'm not sure how they know everybody that has ponies or horses or these equines, but anyway they have written and, and made it their business to make sure to to find out who has them, and they'll be in contact with them later in the year and c- to confirm the date. So uh, uh, in the meantime, there's a step by step guide on how it'll all take place. And um, that's online on the Department of Agriculture website. Right. OK, yeah. And and the, the aim is just to know how many there are rather than any, anything yeah, more detail so than that. A, yeah, but we've had an awful problem, you know, with um, abandoned horses and mm. horses left to starve and be absolutely miserable. And, you know, now, again, will these be the people, who, you know, the people who do that? Will they take part in this in an equine census? But I presume, you know, you'll have to have that census uh, you, you know, you'll have to have something to prove that you did take part in the census if you want to sell on an, an animal. Now, I could be wrong about that. But, you know, like the, uh, the people who will do it will do it and the people who generally won't generally won't either. Yeah. So it's how that's going to be maintained and monitored and what kind of percentage take up they're expecting. That'll be interesting to see what happens, you know. Yeah, indeed. Mairead, uh thanks a million as ever. Uh, Mairead Lavery there now. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.